Someone You Should Know, a program about people you know, and even more that you don't. Hosted by Stuart Sachs, veteran, husband, father, and grandfather. Now, here's your host, Stuart Sachs. Well, welcome to another edition of Someone You Should Know. I'm glad to have you with us again. As always, glad to have you every Friday morning uh, from anywhere in the country that you're you're watching. And uh, today we have a very special show because uh, I have Roy Ponder as my guest today. And Roy is a, a, a very unique individual who has a, uh, a, a just an absolute love and pension for weather. He's had it almost all of his life. And Roy, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad to have you here. And and uh, and I reached out to you uh, actually because of a situation we had uh, less than a week ago. Uh, last Sunday, uh, right from here in, in uh, northern Texas, uh, there was a storm that just came like out of nowhere. And when that happens, those of us locally know to go to Pow Ponder on Weather, uh, and, uh, and and you'll see some of the information. And I want to tell everyone who is outside of our North Texas area that what you're going to hear today is relevant all over the country because Roy is has the ability to find weather systems wherever they are and to report on them. So you get that more accurate information. And I started following Roy because... Uh, as in most metropolitan areas, when they say there is a 20% chance of rain, uh, that could be anywhere in a metroplex area. It could be near the airport uh, or it could be out in the boonies someplace. And you don't know. Sun is shining in your house and it's pouring rain somewhere else. So having someone like Roy who who knows how to get right to the nitty gritty of a local storm is Actually, a godsend for those of us in in the uh, Collin County area and north northern Texas area. But you're going to learn a lot of very interesting things. And I want to start, uh, Roy, by you telling the audience, uh, those that are watching uh, via Facebook or or YouTube, uh, as well as those that are listening anywhere in the country, how did you get involved in 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 really tracking and following weather patterns? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I grew up in Houston. And in fact, we just had the anniversary of Hurricane Alicia back in uh, August 18th, 1983. I was eight years old at the time. And um, and I just remember uh, just being in awe. That storm actually became a Category 3 major hurricane that went directly over my house. Um, wow. Hit in the middle of the night. The windows were pounding. I found myself just looking out the window in awe uh, of the power of nature, right? Um, and then the winds got calm. I was like, what's going on? I went outside. Eye of the storm. At the time, being eight years old, I was like, this is neat. I'm like, is it over? Like, what's going on? Uh, and by then, it was almost four or five o'clock in the morning, right? But um, so it was the only time in my life, and I didn't know how uh, privileged I was at the time to be the, uh, the eye of the storm. And then, of course, uh, the second, the back half hit, and I ran back inside, and uh, we were out of power for three weeks later. It was crazy. And, and right after that, I found myself literally watching the weather a lot. 
you know, I, <laughs> I watched all four news stations um, just to catch the weather because I wanted different viewpoints on the weather. And, you know, I was just really fascinated as a kid. Um, so, but it was something I, I technically never went to school for. I, 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 I started working out a lot at 14 and became a competitive bodybuilder as a teenager. I competed in seven shows from basically a 16 years old uh, to 21. And, um, and I guess my claim to fame is obviously 1994 uh, Southern States Championship, Teenage Championship at the time, which was the 10th largest show in the country. <laughs> oh. Um, so I was pretty busy. I mean, they like put me on muscle mag and all that stuff. And, and uh, so I was full blown, you know, I, I get, I get pretty committed in whatever I get myself into. So, you know, bodybuilding is a 24 seven sport. So, but uh, you know, then I, I moved to Dallas and, and then uh, I started, I started running a lot, you know, then I got into another, I guess, which is a obsession was running. Uh, I went to an informational meeting. We started raising money for the Leukemia Athlomas Society. I started running marathons, routine training back in 09. And I ended up doing like 40 marathons. I've done ultra runs. I've done every race from a 5K to a 100-mile race. <laughs> I've done that back-to-back marathons, uh, you know, 10K, 15K, uh, you know, back-to-back marathons, a, 30, a 50, 50, 50K, which is a 31-miler. Right. And then a hundred K, which is the 62 mile, because I got into trail running and then a hundred mile race. So, um, but as I was running, you know, I would be in running groups and I was like, Hey, we need to finish before, you know, two o'clock is going to start raining. And then it started raining at two o'clock. And it's like, well, Roy, how'd you do that? And I'm like, well, I follow the weather a lot. <laughs> so it really wasn't until uh, on my birthday of 2017, uh, my wife was actually the culprit of it, created uh, my Pal Ponder on Weather on Facebook. She was Just like, three not... years ago? It was three years ago. Yes. Wow. Uh, she's like, you know, you talk to me about the weather all the time. Why don't you just create your own page and talk about the weather? And I was like, well, great. Well, how do I name it? What's the name going to be? So I asked on my personal page, you know, what's the name? And my friends actually named it for me. And they came up with the name since my name is Roy Ponder. Uh, they call pal. How about pal? Ponder on weather. I'm like, that's that's brilliant. I'll I'll go with it. And then I just started posting about what I know about the weather on Facebook and sharing it with the public. And I guess back then, because that was in April, and then August, we all remember uh, Hurricane Harvey hit, right? Right. And at the time, I probably maybe had a hundred followers, and I talked about Harvey the first hurricane to hit the hit, uh, first major hurricane to hit the U.S. Uh, make landfall uh, in 4,322 days. I was like, at the time, it was the first one to hit uh, in, in 10 years. And uh, I, I, I was talking about it, you know, 10 days prior. <laughs> so uh, they're like, oh, gosh, you know, how, how did you do that? <laughs> I follow the weather a lot. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting, and, and, and I want to ask you this. Uh, I had mentioned to you, when you're tracking a hurricane, they basically track it from the time it leaves the the west coast of Africa all across the 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 ocean and and having come from south florida they'll tell you where it where it is 5 days out and 4 days out and 3 days and the model and the cone is shifting and all but here in texas we 
are more concerned uh, uh, basically with tornadoes. Mm -hmm. uh, and tornadoes don't give you four or five days advance notice. Uh, how does how does someone, you know, a layperson like myself, is there a clue that if you're outside and the winds pick up or, or whatever, is there a clue that you know you might want to keep your eyes open because this is a little abnormal and it could develop into something uh, and develop quickly? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, a lot of it is, um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables to weather. I mean, there's, uh, but first of all, you, you go back and using analogs. I mean, with that BFW, Dallas-Fort Worth has stats going back from September 1st all the way to 1898. So essentially 122 year history. And uh, the theory behind it is they all have analogs. And essentially, if it happened before, it potentially could happen again if the dynamics are right of how that played out in the past. Uh, but to answer your question about the tornadoes, uh, there's basically two seasons in North Texas. There's uh, spring, which is the most volatile time frame. That's when we get the most tornadoes. And then you have a second season, which is actually coming up um, September, October in the fall. And uh, but if the dynamics are, are right, uh, you know, severe weather can strike 12 months out of the year. Um, all you really need is the, uh, the, you know, the clash in temperatures. A lot of it, a lot of it has has to do with the clash in temperatures. Um, as we saw Sunday with it being 104 degrees, which was the hottest day of the year. Right. And then we had that system come down from Oklahoma, which created an outflow boundary that was able to push out like what they call a gust front out ahead of it, created the hose, those high winds and the atmosphere turned over on itself, causing the air to rise, which caused the severe weather and quickly. Um, and then it was able to feed off itself because that outflow boundary was holding together going all the way through the Metroplex. And I mean, you you went on the air right away, uh, and you also we're we're just looking at you in front of a in front of a door, but you're sitting in front of a lot of equipment uh, that you have in order to track the weather systems. Uh, and for instance, on Sunday, what, what I found very fascinating was your ability to say, "All right, let's look at this from the wind point of view. Let's look at it from there is hail, and the 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 hail is." The, from this size in this location to this size in this location. We have wind gusts over here and the amount of rainfall. And I mean, you just were able to go back and forth from screen to screen and actually telling people, if you are living in this city or this town, the rain is probably two minutes away. <laughs> and and when you said it was heading to, to Frisco, by gosh, I looked out the window and there it was, and it, it it started to come down. So that is the advantage that we as consumers have to have people like you around is because if something is coming, we need as much advance notice as we can to prepare for it. And again, if you tune into just a DFW network station, uh, especially, for instance, in our case, uh, when this storm was up here in north northeast uh, 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 Texas, of uh, you know, but you're watching a a Fort Worth TV station. It, there may have been nothing in Fort Worth right. at all because everything was happening around us. Well, those of us here don't don't know that to to be able to have that localized ability 
to track the weather is is tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. I know what's coming up this uh, this weekend is is a fairly unique event as we have actually two tropical systems are potentially going to be in the Gulf at the exact same time uh, going into peak season, hurricane season, which is September 10th. Um, and one of those systems, which is uh, TD14, it will pass through the Yucatan almost <laughs> almost identical to a track that Harvey took. Right. But it looks like it's going to be taken a, more, a little bit further northerly track. Uh, but once it gets in the Gulf, uh, you know, kind of all bets are off. I mean, we're going into a, you know, the most most uh, the peak time of the season, essentially from August 15th to October 15th, 62 percent of the season happens during that time frame. So climatologically, it's very favorable. Warm waters. You know, you got the whole Gulf to work with. Um, and then another mechanism called the MJO is in a favorable phase of uh, phase eight and one that's going to be close for end close development or or potentially intensification as it moves uh, as it gets closer and we saw that with hannah uh, but that's a potential that could happen with actually both of these storms because the other storm which just got named uh laura is potentially going to scrape the lesser and lesser antilles and then go through, uh, north of cuba but then if it gets into the Gulf, the fear of that is it could go over what they call a loop eddy in the Gulf of Mexico. And we saw that with uh, Michael back in 2018, where it rapidly intensified as soon as that hit that extremely warm waters, which is like 90 degrees in that area, could potentially rapidly increase that one. So these are going to be major events uh, coming up early next week, potentially Tuesday and Wednesday uh landfalling and hurricanes at the exact same time so and and uh if i'm not mistaken it that's a rare occurrence for there to be two storms in the gulf of mexico at the same time it is, it is very rare i tried to go back and look at the data and we can kind of i put a description on my facebook page earlier i did see back in 1933 which was the second most active year in hurricanes or you know systems they had 20 of them that year on wow. September 4th, 1933, there were two storms. There was a hurricane that hit South Texas, and there was another hurricane that hit Florida, but it hit on the eastern side, so so it actually never made it into the Gulf of Mexico, so technically we had two named storms, but yes, very rare. There's questionable what happened in 1959, <laughs> but yes, it was definitely a very rare event for sure. You, you mentioned earlier that you've got over 120 years worth of data collected and all in, in order to form these analogs. Is this similar to like a, like a farmer's almanac where you can look at this data perhaps in January and say, this is going to be a more or less than active year. Uh, so many storms. It looks like, uh, the, the El Nino, uh, uh, factors and everything are, are greater this year. So you can kind of pre-predict where the weather patterns are going to be for the year? You, you can to a point. It, it, it definitely gets a little bit more difficult as you go further out. Like I know and, for the winter, you know, historically we're going into what they call a weak La Nina phase, uh, which essentially that's why we're having some elevated um, hurricane season because the there's less shear in the Atlantic, which you know potentially creates more storms but it's basically a drier pattern uh coming in so historically winter is 90 days right and la nina favors 
um, above average temperatures, below average precipitation for those 90 days, right? But that's the average of those 90 days. So within those 90 days, you still can get Arctic cold fronts that come down and uh, and then, you know, obviously if it, you know, have the precipitation time with the cold air, then potentially it could snow. I mean, um, you know, like I said, last time we had a little weak La Nina, it technically snowed three times in Houston in 2017, 2018, but overall, for the winter, it, it was a above average a, a winter for as far as uh, you know temperatures goes. But it's not to imply that it can't snow. <laughs> now, if you and your wife decide you're going to go on a on a little vacation, do you get do you do you look at the weather first? <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> I I I kind of have a general idea of what's going to happen two weeks out for sure. Um, I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, it's tough to like, if you're booking a cruise or going on a vacation three months from now, it's, it's it, you can't, you're not that good. Right. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of variables to the weather. I mean, there's, there's 112 different daily weather models on a daily basis to track the weather and to potentially predict the weather. 112. <laughs> so, so your job is to formulate, well, okay, well, how many of those do I look at? Which one's right? Is it right? Just because it's a weather model doesn't mean it's actually verbatim, it's correct. So you have to decipher all that data based on history. You know, I grew up in, I grew up in Houston. I live in Dallas. I've been in Texas all my life, 45 years, all my life. So I kind of know the history. Hey, this event that happened on Sunday, you know, this event that happened back in 2017, look at the atmosphere, look what's coming, you know, what potentially could happen because that actually happened back in five years ago, you know? So I go through stuff like that and how to predict the weather, you know? So now you said you set up your, your Facebook page about three years ago uh, and all for people to follow and all for people that that now say, "Oh, gee, this sounds really interesting," and want to follow uh, Roy Ponder, uh, Mark just put up the uh, the Facebook page. Uh, what is the kind of information that will be available on a regular basis for people to see via the Facebook page? And do they have the opportunity to just send questions to you via the Facebook page and say, "I I, I want to know more about this." Oh, absolutely. The Facebook page is uh, Pal Ponder on Weather. And if you can go to it, you can you can like it. And then if you go to the follow button and hit see first, you have the option to every time that I post, you'll get a notification knowing that I post. And uh, Facebook actually allows you up to 30 of those of different ones that you potentially want to follow. Uh, but on a daily basis, um, you know, I, I give a breakdown on, you know, short term, short term forecast, uh, long range forecast potentially other events if they if you know if they, if they keep uh you know scrolling down the page um just talk about you know what what's what's happening of course a big event right now is those those two systems and uh the gulf there, there's two hurricanes in the gulf but you know daily weather temperatures uh here's that description showing the difference between 1933 and now um so yeah, I mean all different types of, and uh, yeah. like I said, I, I'm on it. I mean I know when the I know when the weather models update. Uh, I know when the National Weather the Hurricane Center updates. Uh, typically, when something's new, I'm gonna I'm gonna post about it. You know, um, I talked about the Derecho event 
on there that happened in Iowa. That was a big event back in August the 10th. That a derecho is basically a, 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 a long area of straight line winds. And that was historic. So at the time, um, it was actually now that they're doing research, it was actually bigger than they thought. They actually guesstimated winds, uh, confirmed winds from the National Hurricane Center yesterday for a weather service in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, of 140 miles an hour from these straight line winds. And that derecho ended up being 650 miles long. That's, that was that's, a historic event. It is probably the, the, the biggest derecho in, in uh, history. Of, the, of that strong of winds. That's that's about what about a category three yeah, uh, hurricane four. and category yeah. you know that's right there we're right on the edge of category four. Um, so where where is the wettest part of the contiguous forty eight states? Everybody so says it's it's northwest Seattle in that area it gets more rain. Than, than than anywhere else in the oh, country the in the United States. So that's it's, a tough question. <laughs> uh, I don't, you know, the Southeast is beginning. We get, we get 36.13 inches and that averages has gone up over the last 10 years. It used to be 32 about 10 years ago, but we averaged 36.13 inches here in North Texas. Um, now, is that, is that equally spread out over the over the year, or again, is there there's certain times like late spring and early summer, and although we get the yeah. bulk here, of it. here in North Texas, May is your wettest month. We average four four point nine zero inches of rain. Um, May is the, you know May is the wettest month, and then October is the second wettest month. You know, oh, okay, with uh, you know spring and fall. Uh, your driest month is August right now, and uh, actually January. So. Um, so you can see they're on, on that on opposite sides. <laughs> so uh, in August we average 1.91. So and it's pretty pretty close to that in January. But uh, yeah, over the over the 12 uh, month history, we average about 36.13. Which right now we're at 32.75. We only have about four more inches to go to be basically average for the year. Which and you said with October being uh, the second wettest time of the year that it's it's more than likely that we will hit that that. That oh, average absolutely. or go above it. I mean, even even in, even going into a week La Nina, I definitely see us going to being above average for the year for sure. All right, now now I'm gonna now I'm gonna throw a, 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 another little bit of advice that you can give to to our listeners and watchers. Uh, when there is a storm, and I've seen it in my own neighborhood, uh, when there is a storm, very often uh, if you know that there's going to be some high winds, what people forget to do is to do something with their patio furniture uh, and, and things like that because they don't realize that that lightweight furniture becomes a missile in high winds. So are there, you know, basic precautions that you would tell people that when there is a storm coming to, to take advantage of for their own safety? And I do do that. Uh, I talk about uh, secure and loose objects, like you mentioned, pillow, pillows or anything that might be you know, loose in your backyard, might want to secure that. If the, if the winds are expected to turn severe, which is basically 58 miles an hour or greater, then definitely you want to take down like the umbrellas in your backyard, secure the the secure the trampolines <laughs> in, in your backyard, stuff like that could be flying projectiles. Um, and then those flags, that a lot of people have flags hanging out in front of the house uh, to take those down. Uh, like I said, everything becomes a projectile during high winds, and you don't realize that. 
but um, and obviously if there's hell, then secure your car um, and, and the garage or a carport. And I definitely tell people, I can't tell how many, how many times someone's messaged me. It's like, you really saved my car. Cause, um, I had no idea the hell was coming. I was able to get it in the garage. And then all of a sudden we had, you know, golf ball size hell in my house and it would have been, you know, in the shop for four weeks and rent a car. And it's just, I know you have insurance, but it's just a pain to go through that. <laughs> you know, and, and it fascinates me that, that a lot of people, uh, like to use their garage for their workout equipment or for a ping pong table, uh, and their forty thousand dollar cars are sitting on the on the driveway. And you get a hailstorm, and all of a sudden, that forty or fifty dollar ping pong table doesn't mean yeah. squat uh, in in protecting your your vehicle. Now, a tip that I've learned is if there is a public garage some somewhere near near a municipal uh, uh, building or so get your, get your car over to the, to the parking garage and get it, get it, you know, uh, uh safe, uh, then get your other car and go back home and put that in the garage. Yeah, I literally had people wake up at three o'clock in the morning and take their garage, take their car, move it in the garage and, uh, come back and get it, uh, when the, the sun rises. Yeah. Um, and what, and I had mentioned to you also, when we were talking about the furniture in the backyard, uh, that storm that came through on Sunday, Monday is garbage pickup day here in Frisco. So everybody had their garbage cans out on the street or at the end of their, their, their driveways. And lo and behold, by Monday morning, the, there was garbage and garbage cans everywhere. So, you know, it, it, it you, you can't be too, too cautious, uh, and take precautions. Uh, but what's the key? The key is, to know who Roy Ponder is and to tune in. And if he says, folks, I would start securing anything that's loose outside your house, then do it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what it, what have you seen in your years of, of, of following the weather? And, and you said that you've been predicting it on, on uh, your, your site for just the last three years. Uh, what are some of the situations that you've seen uh, us get into weather-wise and all that we maybe are are not prepared for or or, or should be more prepared for? Well, a, a, a historic event happened last year when we had 10 tornadoes over uh, North Texas on October 20th, uh, 2019. Um, and that was that was an historic event. I mean, again, it's it's predicted, but you can't predict that extreme to unfold ahead of time. But on real time, talking about it, I was live on the air. I was on, I was live on the air for probably five, six hours that night talking about it. And uh, yeah, I was seeing stuff like debris balls were flying 30,000 feet up in the air. I knew that was very extreme, but I was able to, uh, you know, one of the girls I saw in a event uh, probably months after the fact that's like, oh, you know, oh my gosh, I just want to let you know that, um, during that storm, you said that tornado was going to be over 75 and forest laying around whatever time. I was able to call my parents. They looked out the window and, there's, and they were watching TV. He looked out the window. And at that time, the husband uh, saw a transformer blow. Right. And they're like, honey, we need to get in the we need to get in the back uh, the, the bathroom right now. So they literally went into the bathroom. Within a minute, the roof came off the house. So you wow. don't realize that you saved you saved my parents' life. 
and it just you know it just gave me <laughs> it just gave me chills the, the the impact that you can have of what you're doing and you don't know it at the time but uh, you are making an impact uh, out there and we're talking about real life situations that can greatly impact for you for a long period of time and they're still trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together in a lot of those neighborhoods and uh, Dallas devastated from those storms back in October. Yeah, they were, and it was something that passed through. I think it was it was it was through in about two two and a half minutes, and 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 here almost two years later, or at least a, a full year later, uh, and all they're they're still trying to pick up some of the debris, and and I know I know people personally that are still trying to get the 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 you know the the puzzle solved in order to rebuild their houses. Uh, so, you know, it's something that can happen so quickly and it takes a long time for it to, to, uh, you know, uh, rectify itself, which that's the other hat that you wear being in, in the insurance, uh, uh, industry is there, are there, because we are sus uh, susceptible to tornadoes here, are there specific policies that people can have for extra protection from tornadoes? Well, a lot of the policies in, in North Texas, they do cover wind and hail, and that would cover, that would fall under the wind and hail uh, category. Right, so, or like an umbrella policy. Yeah, the umbrella would fall under over overseeing the home and auto insurance, uh, overseeing to get you extra that liability uh, protection. But um, there are still carriers out there that can get a 1% deductible, which is the lowest you can have in Texas. So, uh, yeah, we do get a lot of hail. I mean, we get a lot of movement. We get a lot of people coming from California, moving to Texas. We got a lot of people moving to Texas, I think 12,000 a day. It's a lot. Um, so they don't really understand, you know, insurance and weather. And you have different weather, you know, over there in California, it's earthquakes and everything else. But here it's like we do get a lot of hail, you know, and um, you just need to protect yourself for that. And well, it's interesting. You mentioned something earlier, uh, having moved from, from South Florida, uh, and all where most, most of the homes down there were built on coral rock and all. And so solid foundations, uh, we moved here to Texas and we're just not aware of the, the, the elements here and realized that the weather can affect the soil, uh, yeah, here. Uh, and it literally can wash the soil from underneath a home and cause, a, a foundation to crack or sink. And that's what happens here too, because you have endorsements on insurance policies called uh, water damage foundation. And there's that that's prevalent for movement. You have shifting, you have dry times and you have wet times and you got a lot of shift in the, in the slab. And so then you have slab leaks, leaks in the driveways. And that's what that endorsement covers as well. So these are things that's not on other policies in other States because you don't really have those issues. Uh, so, yeah, there are things that you need to be made aware of in Texas to protect you on all sides. Because, um, you know, you know, my slogan for POW is protecting you before and after the storm. And that I live and breathe by it. Um, I, I've saved a lot of people a lot of money just being protected ahead of time and to create like not even not even claims in general, you know. So the whole idea is <laughs> you don't want to file a claim. That's the last thing you want to do. You know, that, if I can protect that, you from absolutely right. and having your rate go up for the next five years, um, I've saved that person thousands of dollars just by giving them the ample of knowledge. Maybe, hey, we'll do this, do that, and you, you won't have to go through that headache. <laughs>
Well, and having, having the knowledge of what the weather can and do, can do uh, in this area is is helpful for the those policyholders that have no clue what to what to do. Uh, you know, and and maybe add a little bit add a little bit of coverage uh, uh, liability for wind uh, and and hail uh, as opposed to to rain because we don't really get that much rain. Uh, it's just that we can go through a very very a heavy dry spell, and then when it rains, the rain doesn't soak into the ground; it <laughs> runs across the ground uh, and washes things away. Uh, yeah, it's been fairly wet. We've had, the last four to five years has been above average rainfall, so it yeah. has been very wet. Technically, the last ten years, our 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 dry year was 2011, but that's been a while. It's been almost ten years now. Yeah, yeah. All right, you're a family man. Absolutely. <laughs> Is your, your your wife and we have two sons? I have two boys. Uh, they're 12 and will be 15 uh, next week. And then my then my wife, we call our we call her Mama Pal for Pal. <laughs> Mama Pal. <laughs> and then, like uh, yeah, and then my kids are little pal. And uh, and then I, of course I have a Jack Russell called uh, Puppy Pal. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's the pal wow. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. What's the interest level from your wife and your sons in uh, in following these weather patterns like you do? <laughs> I think she's I think she's used to it now. We, we've been married 16 years and and uh, she knew I loved the weather. And and uh, it's just a, it, it creates an outlet for me. You know, I get a lot of fulfillment talking about it, forecasting the weather and really just helping people out. I'm, I'm a giver in nature. So um, if I can share my passion with others and, and just help one person, then I've, I've benefited, you know, and, and that's the reason, the main reason why I really do it, the ultimate drive behind it, uh, because ultimately it is a hobby. <laughs> At the end of the day, it is a hobby of mine, but I do create a living through insurance, but, uh, but you know, it, it, it brings me a lot of joy to be able to share all my knowledge with others and it, and it, and it really impacts them in a real way and they benefit from it. And that's what keeps me going. Well, it's a highly educated hobby. That that that's for sure. Uh, you know, I think the, the the skill level is 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 not so much in recognizing and analyzing the weather. Uh, it's in the prediction, uh, being able to know what what potentially could happen, and then follow it uh, before it happens. Uh, do your do your sons ever get uh, get caught? you know, by, by friends at school, you know, so, so, uh, you know, what happened with your dad last night? Was he, uh, this, and that, you know, it is uh, funny. The, you know, more times I post and go live, but I, I'm definitely getting more well-known in the community. I, 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 a lot of places I went to got milk the other night at Kroger. I was just literally going to get milk and it took me an hour. And it's like, well, where'd you, where'd you go? I was like, well, I actually ran into four people that, that recognized me. And we just talked. I'm, I'm, I'm I talk a lot, you know. And, and uh, it's like, gosh, you took me an hour to go get milk. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh, Mr. Ponder, my 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 uh, wife and I want to go on a vacation and everything. Should we go to the Caribbean or should we go to the mountains? <laughs> no, I, but I have fun with it. You know, I know, I know when the weather gets bad, people rely on me now. I mean, you know, it, it's um, it, it's it's great, but it's also kind of scary in a way. You know, I've got. I've got 23,000 followers following me now and they rely on every word I say. And I'm really conscious about the wording that I use too. I mean, I, it's, um, 
it's a delicate balance of, uh, you know, predicting the weather because there's, there's no magic formula, you know, I, I can be wrong and I have been wrong, you know, so, um, it, it's definitely, definitely challenging, but I, I love the challenge and that's what keeps me going. And the more I do it, I'm able to craft my skill and get better. And that's the ultimate goal that I'd like to do and, uh, just get better. Cause you're, there's no one's going to ever be perfect. Right. But if I could just get that's why it's called better. predicting the weather. <laughs> yeah, that's why they, why they call it weather weather forecast and predictions. <laughs> you know, right. So, something like why they call Texas. I mean, it's this is probably the most extreme volatile. It's the very it's one of the most difficult places to forecast in the United States, besides maybe Denver, where you just get a lot of patterns where you have transitions. You know, where the jet stream dips and it, it lifts and um, you know, where the tornado alleys, I would say, lowering, getting further south throughout the years. Um, I, I see that happening. So, or then you have the cap. You know, a lot of it happens in North Texas. I mean, is the cap going to bust? Is there a cap? You know, you know, basically, there's a lot of times it's been, it's like, oh, my God, it's it, things look really bad. But the cap held. And luckily it held because we could have had tennis ball size hail. But other times where it doesn't really look that bad, but then it it, it just ramped up so quick, the cat busted and boom, and then it just fed off each other, and then it's worse than what was predicted. So, I'm I'm also curious. Uh, have have we have you seen an increase over the years of of severe lightning uh, in our weather in our weather systems that that have come through? I have seen the ocean temperatures enhance, and that's one of the things that you have increased water vapor, you have increased dew points. So you have that a lot more moisture flow off the Gulf. And that's what you need for severe weather, at least that's one element of it. Um, and then with the, the jet stream dipping further south than what it normally would, say maybe 10 years ago, you have that dynamic too. So I do see us having maybe a little bit more extreme type weather because of that. Um, just because you have the ocean temperatures are a little bit higher uh, than what they were <laughs> well, gosh, back in the 70s or even the 80s. Um, so the, the, the weather patterns are changing and it gets more challenging on a yearly basis because of those factors. And I just think there's a lot more extremes in weather that will be coming in the future, unfortunately. <laughs> It is the the equipment that that you use, and as I say, for instance, I use I use last Sunday as a prime example. You, know, you were constantly going on your screens back and forth between showing where the severe lightning was, the the heaviest rainfalls, uh, the the you would you could show specifically the hail patterns uh, in the area. Have you seen that the the forecasting equipment that is available to you and to other meteorologists has improved rapidly over the last so many years? Oh, absolutely. It's greatly improved in the last five years. Greatly. And to the point now where, you know, we're at 12 storms, the satellite is enhanced. I mean, some of those storms were probably questionable even to be named because they were way out in the Atlantic. We wouldn't be able to see those 10 years ago. We just wouldn't have the the satellite Interesting. to name it. You know, I got named for 24 hours and then it went out to sea. You know, so a lot of that is mixed in because, yes, we are having 12 storms, which is the most on record. But some of those storms, you know, we wouldn't have been able to see, you know, 
10, 20 years ago. <laughs> now, for the folks that are listening and watching, uh, if somebody said, you know, that's really fascinating to me, and I'd like to maybe set up my own little uh, uh, studio and, and and track the weather and all, uh, ballpark ballpark figure, is it an affordable hobby for somebody that wants to get in it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I probably have five different weather sites that I pay for. I mean, even though, yes, I mean, I, it's, a, it's a free service that I do actually offer on Facebook. But uh, I pay probably ultimately about $100 a month just with all the different web, websites and apps that I have uh, to bring you the weather, to track the weather for you. Um, so, and, and, you know, I, 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 that's why I was like, hey, well, I do have a couple things. I have my own rain gauge. I have a, a Palpondron rain gauge. I, I was just, I was just <laughs> going to mention that. You know, and, and people can go go to your website and everything. And if they want, they can order one. And it's it's fascinating to to have it just sitting in your yard to know that when they say, well, you know, uh, twenty miles down the road, they got two inches of rain, and you look in yours, and you got four inches of rain in 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 your gauge. You yeah, know? absolutely. I mean, the, the 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 rainfall can vary greatly, just even a couple of miles away, you know. Yeah. And, and so that that's always fascinating. I think it's really neat that uh, people, you know, are posting their different rain gauges or different, um, and not just now that I have my. It's actually on Amazon now, so you can go to Amazon and find the Palpondron weather rain gauge, and people are ordering from New York and Iowa. I'm getting orders from all over the country. I just think it's really it works anywhere. <laughs> it actually, you know, it works anywhere. So. <laughs> so, and that's why I have that, you know. So I, I did want to have something that's available, and it's free shipping too. So it, it, I mean, you can't get any easier than that. And it's Amazon, so it's there like in the next day or two. <laughs> yes, especially if you hear there's a storm coming, you may want to order one right away so that you know. The, right. You know what, and 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 something I want to follow up on that I said earlier uh, again to those that are watching because you know I don't want the, the my audience to to say oh well this that's a great show and he's a great guy but that's just North Texas anywhere in the country anybody that's watching this show or listening to this show if you have questions Roy will be more than happy to answer those questions reach him through his Facebook page or his website. Uh, and, and, and also these two storms, for instance, that are in the Gulf of Mexico right now. And one of them, one of them, uh, which will be named Marco, uh, once it reaches that storm status and all, that's the one that may be heading to the Houston area. Absolutely. Well, you know, once, once a storm hits the mainland of the country, it continues to move. So it's important for you where if you are in uh, in Kansas and that storm comes through Houston and you want to know, is that heading up towards Kansas or Missouri and all, go to Roy's website and all because you can watch it, you can track it, you can ask questions about, do you predict that it's heading my way? Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a commercial for you. It's, it's an endorsement for you, but you have such a passion for this that I don't think that there is any stupid question that anybody could ask no, about no that you would not be willing to, to yeah, address. We, we, we all want to learn, and uh, there's definitely no stupid question for sure. Yeah. And, and learn, learning can help in safety also, because the more questions that you ask, the safer that you can be should any of these, these storms hit or you, you uh, are, encounter any of them. 
Most definitely. So, so let me throw throw a, a curveball at you. What do you see over the next, you know, the pattern over the next, say, three to five years of where overall weather is going? You know, we're talking about climate change, uh, and all. Are we, for instance, here in Texas or the east or west coast, are we all headed for hotter summers and colder winters? Um, it's. it's- challenging to predict that far ahead but yes i would in general definitely just a lot more extreme weather that could imply you know droughts floods you know hot 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 times cold times you know you know the ocean temperatures are warming the 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 patterns are a lot more active Uh, like i said you know phoenix you know even though it was rainy here but you know phoenix has gone through their hottest summer on ever record ever i mean they blown past any records even close you know they've they've had almost what 45 days now over 110 degrees uh they've had 25 plus days of 90 degree you know low temperatures they were the low was like 95 degrees the other night i mean yes it is the desert uh death valley hit 130 that was the last time the last time it happened was you know 1913 so it it, you're you're seeing that and then like I said, you're, you're seeing all the stuff with the hurricanes, you're seeing the floods, and we've had, you know, Harvey, and the, you know, just in, in general, I think the, the patterns are just a lot more active and a lot more extreme in, in general. Um, and do you see this uh, while you analyze these, the this 120 some years worth of weather patterns? Are there things that you say, yeah, it looks like it is heading in that direction because the analog shows that that this is the direction it's heading yeah absolutely i mean that definitely helps out a lot but like i said the 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 difference is the variables the, the water temperatures i mean the water temperatures are a good one or two degrees and i know it doesn't sound like a lot but it's a lot you know because it's an average over the whole you know globe you know it, it's an average so and that's basically, I mean, the globe is 70% water. <laughs> There's only 30% land. So that's where all the energy comes from <laughs> is the oceans. I, and, I, you uh, know, I, I don't think that the average person realizes that, that, yeah, that so, so much develops from the water around the globe. And that's you know, particularly, I mean, the La Nina is basically implying you have in the Eastern Pacific, the water's cool. So as the jet stream comes across, cool waters don't pick up storms. I mean, it, it doesn't amplify. You need to have heat. So you're less susceptible of picking up precipitation and dropping on the United States versus uh, El Nino pattern, which is elevated temperatures, hotter temperatures. You know, so more susceptible picking up abundance of amount of moisture, you know, higher higher water content value and, and dropping it over the United States. So. That's how that's how you predict it. All of our weather comes from the Bering Strait and the Eastern Pacific. <laughs> A lot right. of the systems come from Alaska. <laughs> and it's interesting that 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 in the, in the Atlantic, it's called a uh, a hurricane, <laughs> and uh, and uh, in in Asia, it's called a typhoon, uh, and they are very similar systems. <laughs> but uh, but you can track all of them. You know, in, in your information, in, in fact, uh, uh, on your website and all, I was fascinated by a quote uh, from John Ruskin 
that that you you have have listed, and it said there's no such thing as bad weather, only different kinds of good weather. <laughs> and and you know we we look at 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 storms, uh, snowstorms, and windstorms, and and rainstorms, and all as bad weather, uh, but it's just different ways that that. You're you're analyzing the good weather. There's there's the quote on the screen, folks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I wasn't making it up. It's a truism. <laughs> I always like to look at the positive side and everything. And so there's a positive that comes out of everything. And so yes, like you said, even though they're technically bad weather, I was like, hey, there's there's a bright side to it, you know. And so. and and there's the information on the screen right now. Go to Pow Ponder on Weather on Facebook. Uh, and all, and you can become a follower too. I'm I'm proud to be one of the twenty three thousand that that are, that are following you. Whether there's a weather system out there or not, it's just good to know that you can get the 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 correct answers to your questions. And and uh, Roy, I I can't thank you enough for taking the time this morning to to be with me on the show and to share your expertise and your passion and your knowledge uh, with our audience. No problem. Uh, and I, I wish you the very, very best. And folks, if there's a storm out there, wherever you're living and all, go to the website because you'll find out all kinds of interesting information about it and field any questions you want. Let let Roy know. Yeah, thanks for so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. My pleasure. My pleasure. And the very best to you. And I hope when you're out running, you always have the wind at your back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, thanks again, folks, for, for tuning in. I, I appreciate it very much. Uh, we'll see you again next week. And as I always say, be yourself because everyone else is taken. See you next time.